The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Hello, everyone, and I'm so thrilled that you've chosen of all the places you could choose to be today. You're here listening to our show is we have the good fortune today to talk to Sandra Sneed. She is author extraordinaire. She introduces the concept, God Scribe. Sandra, welcome to the show today. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Temple. Thank you for inviting me. This is a real honor to be on your show. Oh, absolutely. Well, um, one of the things our listeners are always interested in, since the show is named The Intentional Spirit, And we all have those fundamental stories with us that we remember like, wow, that's the day my life changed. How did you become an intentional spirit? Well, you know, some people would call that, since I am a former atheist, um, they would call that a moment of conversion. But those are only people who haven't had the kind of um, experience that I had, which was not a conversion. It was a uh, the beginning of a practice, a lifelong practice. And what happened was, I was living in New York City, and I had just lost a job that I loved, and a man that I loved was ending the relationship. And suddenly, I found myself completely and totally alone. No social life, no relationship, no job, completely alone. And to kind of quell, try to quell the deep emptiness and loneliness, feelings of worthlessness and not being important to anyone, to try to quell those feelings, I would sit down and write, 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 and write. And as was shown to me in the book by Julia Cameron a number of years before this time, how to turn off your inner editor so that you can create your or increase your creative flow. I I did that. I just kept writing and writing and writing and then I finished up a full notebook doing that. I picked up a brand new notebook and I put my pen on the top line and before I knew I was writing the pen had stopped. And I looked at what was written and what was written was unemployed question mark it is my assertion you are employed by me. And that's the oh. moment that the, but that, that I was no longer talking to the notebook, but the notebook started talking to me. Wow. <laughs> Coming from a sense of being an atheist, that must have been a real epiphany wake up moment for sure, huh? I liken it to the moment in the Matrix when Neo is looking in the mirror after he's taken the blue pill and you know a mirror is this two-dimensional reflection of ourselves and mm-hmm. our experience in this three-dimensional continuum we call physical life and when you look in that mirror that plane that physical plane is just reflecting what exists but what neo did was he put his finger right through that plane of two two dimensions 
And not only did it respond to him, but it became him. And so that's what happened to me. I looked at this content on the piece of paper, and a piece of paper is just this two-dimensional page that's reflecting whatever the writer is expelling onto that page. But this time, the content was an entry into the rabbit hole. And I spent a year in dialogue with this great being, filling up 10 spiral notebooks, taking dictation, and living like a monk for for about a year's time in my own basement. Incredible. So so now, eight years later, and and the reason that I am putting myself out there for scrutiny and all kinds of other things that people call people like me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, everything from blasphemer to holy woman. uh, um, The reason is that the first book, I finally had the courage to sit down and write a book for the rest of the world seven years later after that year in solitude. And another gentleman like me living in our time, Neil Donald Walsh, I also call him a God scribe. His publisher is who published my first book, What to Do When You're Dead, a former atheist interviews the source of infinite being. And this this is a question and answer interview with God where God says that uh, human beings are on a path of self-destruction. And God talks about why it is that we are and how it is that we are. How we can change that if we so choose, but more, what's more important to God is that the people who will pass as a result of our, the consequences of our behavior, not behavior, but how man's machines are working faster than nature can keep up. And we are going to, like a tornado across the landscape, uh, destroy ourselves in the process of trying to uh, build a a life that keeps up with our consumer state of mind instead of producer state of mind. What's important to God in this whole destruction is that there are souls that are going to be left on earth because there won't be any human beings who will have the ability to pray these lost souls to spirit. And the reason that they get trapped on earth is because they have the impression that this body is all they they are. And in that impression comes an apparition after the body passes away. The person that is trapped is trapped by either something they can't forgive, someone they can't forgive, or they can't forgive themselves for something they've done. And that state of mind is reiterated through their thoughts and becomes them. Um, The only way that God can reach these souls, these lost souls, though, is because of the nature of vibrational signature and the God's highest vibrational signature and uh, the beings that dwell within spirit are higher vibrational uh, signatures and we, in, in the mass and matter world, M-A-T-T-E-R, matter world, um, not matter, uh, but... Um, right. <laughs> I, I definitely thought of that. Um, the, the, in the mass world, the energy levels are slowed so way down in order for mass and molecules to formulate uh, physical density. And the only way that God can reach down to that point or spirit can reach down to that level of vibrational signature is for that being to reach up simultaneously. It's like a, um, and that's a surrendering, what we call surrender. And it, it works as if, as if you've ever seen the way lightning strikes. Lightning doesn't just strike from the clouds to the ground. Lightning strikes from the uh, 
from the ground to the sky and that from the ground reaches the sky uh, the 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 lightning that's coming down from the sky there's a kind of a leader spike that comes from the ground and then uh, ground is that electricity is then grounded literally uh, in order to complete that circuit of electricity so you can also look at a soul that is dwelling in the lower uh, vibrational fields in order uh, to hold on to this soul that was a body and to hold on to that past, uh, there has to be some relief or surrender and that is done through an interaction with human beings that are in the mass bot in the body and able to uh, hopefully overcome their fear just long enough to help a soul that's trapped. And so God's in my book is the big the big issue is you got to know that there's more than this and you have to know what to do when you're dead in order to move past what human beings are doing to destroy themselves here on earth. Well, the you talk about four issues that humankind are facing now. Mm-hmm. Um you know that like Donald Neil Donald Walsh, he was about the conversations with God and you're mm-hmm. the God scribe. And so you're downloading this information as it's coming to you. But I'd like to elaborate, um, if it's okay with you, on the four issues that are facing humankind right now, according Ah. to the creator of the universe. And I have these in front of me. I don't know if you know them to memory, because often in download. Okay. But I have a sense that you've talked about them a few times. So the first one is that we are choking ourselves off from our resources and the source of all life. Right. So that is water. What we're doing is we're damming up all of the streams and the rivers and the tributaries that are basically the circulatory system of the body of the earth. The also what what the rivers and streams and tributaries do besides just bringing water to the land, they also shed all of the water and sediment into the oceans in order to feed the fish and the plankton and the uh, the coral reefs. Uh, everything that comes out of the mouth of the river, from the mouth of the river, is being fed by everything that is way upstream where it begins. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the first issue is that we're choking ourselves off from those resources and the source of all life and we're damaging a delivery system that was designed to sustain human or sustain not only earth's life but human life. And the second one is that humans are depleting the oxygen levels that are essential for sustaining human life. Right. So in addition to depleting the fresh water and all the sediments going down, we are stripping away the biomass, which, you know, the global warming is about, you know, they're concentrating on the CO2 in the atmosphere and the increase of CO2 in the atmosphere. The reason there's so much of it in the atmosphere is not because we're burning fossil fuels, but because we are um, eliminating oxygen-generating biomass. We're stripping down all the trees that were designed to sequester all of the air, uh, toxic air in our atmosphere and bring it down into below ground and then replacing that with oxygen. That's what trees do. But every new development that comes up is a bulldozer. Every new uh, roadway has a bulldozer. You know, uh, every new field and crop that's that's created is a bulldozer to the trees and the forests. And the third one is that we are making a big mistake to think fossil fuels are causing the planet. So that's what you elaborated on is that um, we need the green in order to provide. And then obviously we also know that we're also poisoning our own food supply 
which is what you stated is, you know, right. the awareness number, number four, uh, because we're not eating that much organic food, uh, whole food, and those kind of things. We're eating processed food. And uh, Well, it's and worse it, than that. It's worse than that. Um, as God points out in this book, what's happening is that we're generating cycles of fake food from the crop, from the, from the point of the crop, that the fertilizers themselves are synthetic and that the crops that are coming from that are synthetic and there's no food in the food and the nutrients in our bodies, nutrients that are necessary for the cells to perform what they're supposed to perform cannot perform. And what God says in here is that the the causes of cancer are because cells in our body work in a call-recall System. Everything actually in or the organic cycles of life work in is this kind of chaotic call recall system. So cells in our body call for what they need to perform. So they call for it, and then something if there if one it's not in the body, two it's being interrupted by something else in the either in the atmosphere, environment, or drugs or whatever, causing a block to get what the cells are calling for, the cells will keep calling and calling and calling and calling and calling. That is what they were designed to do, is call until they get what they need. And when they don't get what they need, and they keep calling and keep calling, these are the tumors, these are the malignant tumors, that and, and cell uncontrolled cell growth that's going on in the body. So God also gives... Uh, not only us insight into what's going on in our global feeding system right now, but also how to look at cancer in a way that research has yet to see. Cancer research has yet to see cells in the way that they work. And how how long have you been giving this information out into the... Uh to the planet in different social media and uh, lectures and things like that. How long have you been communicating um, these ideas? Um, maybe for a month. Okay. <laughs> you are really new. You're new on my path. So it's very exciting to be meeting you at this point. Oh, <laughs> oh, absolutely. But in the conversation of what you have shared, do, do you feel that um, – People are actually embracing this information or, you know, we have so much, we have so much wisdom and what we know is that we really need people to move from wisdom to actually taking action. I'm going to kind of leave us with that pondering question for us to address when we come back after our, after our break. You're listening today to Sandra Sneed. That's S-O-N-D-R-A-S-N-E-E-D.com. You can go to her website. You can find out various information about her. I'm Temple Hayes. I'd love you to join us. Love to hear from you as a radio host of Unity Online Radio. And we thank you, uh, all of you, for your continuing contributions to our radio circuit in order that we reach a broad range of people throughout the globe. You can go to our website at unitycampus.org, and I'd love to hear from you. We'd be right back after this short break. Thank you for being with us today. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity Online Radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening.
The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. And so welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Sandra Sneed, and she is the author of books. Um, She uh, writes and and downloads information that that comes directly from the creator of the universe, and she has a message to share. And Sandra, before we went to break, we were talking about, you know, the elements of where people uh, and our humankind really need to be attentive to some of the issues that uh, evolve around uh, Mother Earth. And, you know, one of the things that being a, a shaman is that is just baffling to me is that people don't seem to grasp, you know, that when people talk about nature, they think of, you know, I went to SeaWorld. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, have you been out in nature lately? Mm, oh, yeah, I, you know, I did the roller coasters at, at one of the theme parks, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, hey, God bless, you took some time out for yourself. But what's baffling is that people don't understand, even with the clues that our creator has given us, that, uh, you know, we're born as this miracle and then we return as dust. You would think that we would get that we are nature. And mm-hmm. it it really blows me away when people say, oh, yeah, I need to be a little bit more responsible about Mother Earth and nature. And it's like responsible. I mean, that's who you are. You know, <laughs> how? I mean, it just, it's like, what is it that, I don't know, what does God tell you that it's going to take for people to understand that, that we are born out of the earth, not that we just pop in one day and for our own consumption and for our own possibilities and our dream building, but we don't take any kind of um, awareness of the fact that, that we are we are nature. That's who we are. We live, breathe, and have our being in the laws of nature. Yeah, I, what I just kind of... I, I put that question up to God just now, and what I heard was that when societies are small, uh, they're very much in tune with what nature is relative to the body. What happens, though, is that cultures begin to thrive and build, destroying the habitat around them, and the balance is tipped toward human aggression in nature, human aggression in nature. Just as an aggressive species can wipe out an entire ecosystem, human beings are that aggressive species of wiping out ecosystems as they progress in number and in population capability, what the population itself can do as a whole. Yes. So, um, these these are things that have been happening for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and they're not going to stop just because the Earth is wiping out its itself uh, in the process of human growth. Because what happens is that the Earth just then kind of turns upside down 
Um, what I'm seeing, though, are like r mountains and rocks and and geology turning on its side and and uh, changing, evolving, and and a new uh, stratus of of evolution then rebuilds the whole process again, and human beings get uh, you know to become the pinnacle of the earthbound species. However, we are not the last of the great intellectual societies. We are actually the um, the generation before those individuals that hover in our atmosphere and spacecraft. We are the species that stays earthbound, however, because we still have an aggressive uh, way with which we see the world and ourselves and, and everything about it. And until that changes, God's not going to allow us to have the kind of interplanetary movement that other species that have come after us uh, do. And there's a little bit of mention of that in Chapter 4. Chapter 4 will blow you away, really. Oh, well, I want some of that. <laughs> it's fun to be surprised, isn't it? You know, I'm ready for uh, some of us to be literally, you know, um, blown away in a way that uh, catapults us to a next level of um, awareness. And Sandra, are you referring to your book, What to Do When You're Dead? Is that the book, or are you talking about the book that's going to be coming out soon? Nope, the one that's coming that's out now. What to do when you're dead? What to do um, when you're dead. So you've yes, heard the title, everyone, and you can go to Sandra's website and get that book because I know that we all, now she's left us into this idea of I've got to know what Chapter 4 is about. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It will keep you up, uh, turning page after page, wanting to know because it's information that's coming from a greater source. And even if you're an atheist like I was, then, you know, this information will still just fascinate you because it's content that is not normal, everyday human conversation. There's something greater about it that your deepest soul knows knows that is, is more than the, the thinking brain can come up with. I also see that you have another um, Kindle book, Relief to See Her Arrive, the lost symbol of the Adam and, and the Eve. Can you give us some um, teasers in that as far as um, you imply that the original tale has been told for thousands of years through oral tradition before it was written down, uh, but obviously we know that when things got translated, so much was missed or left out. Can you yeah. give us some teasers about that? Um, because that sounds very interesting since it's archetypal. It's who we consider our relatives. Mm -hmm. um, what do you allude to in the, in the book about uh, who we are in our beingness? The, the download, it's, it's, available for the Kindle, but you can also get it in a PDF format for a buck. Both are just a dollar, but these are, uh, and from my website under the Downloads tab, saundrasneed.com, and under the Downloads tab is um, not only a free download of the five principles for quieting your mind and listening to your higher self, but also what you've just described, relief to see her relief to see her arrive, the lost symbol of the Adam and the Eve. And what this is, is it came during, in 2004, as a nonstop, it must have been a, an hour of nonstop dictation. My pen did not move. Um, di I'm sorry, did not stop for at least an hour, hour and a half. It, it felt like a really long time. And in this story, God talks, says, this is the original story that was given to the God scribe that was, um, Oh, but through oral tradition tens of thousands of years ago about the story of Adam and Eve. And, and in this, it, it even God, um, reveals the riddle of why Eve was 
made from Adam's rib. And suffice it to say, it's not because she was designed to be Adam's helpmate, but to be God's helpmate. And the this is also, I say, is I say that this is the first recorded use of adult stem cells. But the rib holds a very significant metaphor in that what the rib does, what the rib cage does, what it's design, designed to do is to protect vital organs. And those vital organs are the heart and the lungs. So Eve was designed to protect the heart of God and the breath of life. The um, the, the word Adam comes from Adama, which means red man or clay or earth. Uh, Eve is the word that means life or living. So together, Adam and Eve are the living earth. In this brilliant story is the whole narrative about Eve, why Eve was made, um, why she's significant, why she, why we will also learn from this why woman is the way she is. Why is she, quote-unquote, emotional and um, can read people's feelings? Why she has a shape kind of serpentine-like or cat-like? You know, and why the, why, uh, the flower of, you know, it also talks a little bit about... Um, revealing some of the other riddles that were in the original story of Adam and Eve. When it was finally written down, the original story is about free will and the moment when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. God set that up specifically so that that's what they did, that they chose to disobey God so that God says that at that point they are no longer automatons for God, but they are co-creators with God. And the reason they took that out of the Bible is, or out of the story is because when the, at the time, three quarters of, of the individuals were slaves, and you can't tell slaves that they were born free, but indeed they were, as it will be shown to people in this and this is the direct download. There's no acknowledgments in it. It's exactly the way it came in 2004. Wow. That's really that's really a unique take on that, and yet it resonates, you know, exactly mm-hmm. what you said. It makes perfect sense because everything in this life is some form of symbology or another, you know, for sure. Well, the the... The way that the mind works, and with we think of God as being this great mind, or at least this is what God shares with me for me to share with the world, is that God is a great mind that our small minds are contained within. And when we when we take our imagination to dissolve the container of our minds. We think our minds are in our head and in our brain. And when we dissolve that container in our imagination, we expand our minds to reach God mind. And when we reach God mind, we can travel the universe. Mm-hmm. So, so, oh, I, I brought that up. I'm sorry. I brought no, that go up. Ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say the reason that I brought that up is because so the language of the mind works in uh, metaphor and figurative language because that's the mind of God at work. The mind of God creates all of the symbols in both literal figure and figurative form. So we just have to understand why God made what God made when as God made it in order to understand not only the language, God's language, but also uh, the language of our own minds. And we can decipher our own dreams in the process of that because our dreams are working in the language of the mind as well. So 
do you feel based on the information you've received um is the book of genesis the beginning or is it, it one is of the, many beginnings it is the beginning of time so um but people don't fully understand the concept of time they think time is the clock on the desk clock mm-hmm. but god points out numerous times that time is the cycles of all eternity and the eternal cycles work as rhythm and the six days that were described in the book of genesis six seven days these are not actual days and nor are they even the equivalent of days they simply represent matter of cycles and how that kind of came real clear to me is when I was at the Museum of Natural History in New York one day I was looking up and in at the new dinosaur exhibit which is amazing everybody should go to that before they die I put that on the bucket list the Museum of Natural History in New York City the dinosaur exhibit in the bucket list so anyway in there though is a geological clock and it's a 24-hour clock. And on this 24-hour clock, it indicates all of uh, the geological time from the moment that the Earth was made to all the way up to the organic life life that began at the 1130-hour. I'm sorry. Uh, so it's a 12-hour clock. 1130-hour. And then human life at about uh, 1159. Right. So if someone a thousand years from now were to look at that clock and say this entire earth was created in one day, 12 hours, that's kind of how it is our misunderstanding of those seven days of, you know, when God made um, all time, when timelessness stopped and not stopped, but when timelessness turned into Time and the cycles of time and matter and universe of of the universe. The universe is this gigantic clock, as a matter of fact. Um, does that answer your question? It, yeah, it's a whole different reality than people's interpretation of tw- all that happened in twenty four hours. You know, that would be like a very tired week. So it's basically, <laughs> is you know what you're affirming that it was a. a the, the one through six days are relative to a season of life versus a, a clock of a 24-hour measurement. Right. It, it's essentially God telling the God scribe um, that was taking this down that uh, these, these are the cycles of time that occurred during uh, at the genesis of all life um, in the universe. And so there has been tremendous misinterpretation. There's been miscommunication uh, and understanding when it was finally written down and translated. And, you know, unless it's a God scribe reading the original texts and reinterpreting it into another language, you don't have any clue as to what was actually meant. But the, God does point out in a few a few areas of the book what to do when you're dead, um, some corrections about the book of Genesis. I'm talking with uh, Sandra Sneed. She is um, a God scribe uh, in a way of uh, sharing truths that she is downloading from the spiritual dimension. And you can access her by going on her website, Sandra Sneed, S-O-N-D-R-A Sneed. That's with two E's.com. And she has a blog. Uh, she has a video blog and various downloads. And so you can find out more about um, her sharing and her information that is impacting our planet today. We'll be right back after this short break. I want to thank you again for your participation with the Intentional Spirit. We'll be right back. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, 
a mythical hero. In his cutting-edge new book, Jesus 2.1, An Upgrade for the 21st Century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you for participating in this uh, leading-edge type question today of uh, spirituality and our awareness, our connection with spirit. I'm talking today with Sandra Sneed, who discovered along the way, even with her humanity determination not to know a God and the fact that she was a a declared atheist, and how from um, pen to paper, um, she found herself just downloading information. Um, we were referring over break to how people at first perceive the Course in Miracles is way out there, and yet now it's uh, modern-day language for so many people, including um, Marianne Williamson, author that has um, impacted the planet uh, due to her early uh, relationship with the Course in Miracles, or the writings of Neil Donna Walsh of Conversations with God. So, Sandra, here you are uh, in a club you didn't know you were going to be in, uh, voicing <laughs> ideas about something that you had no clue you would one day do. I'd, I'd like to acknowledge that I'm sure it has taken on your part an immense amount of courage to go from, I'm an atheist and I'm very comfortable with that, and that declaration to, oh, now I tell people all the time, God says yes, God says no. Uh, let me say that. Let's see. God said this. God said that. Um, I imagine that you've had a, a few uh, a few days that you're like, what? <laughs> how did this happen? Um, how do you get the courage to just uh, be very clear about this is what you're here to do, Sandra? I, you're the first person to articulate that um, other than me. You know, I've had mm-hmm. to tell people you have no idea the amount of courage this takes to, as you say, not only tell people, oh, yeah, no longer am I, not only am I no longer an atheist, not only do I believe in God, but I also believe God is talking to me. 
and telling me uh, enough content to put into a book. No, wait, that's two books now. Uh, wait, no, if I publish all the stuff I did over that year of solitude, that's probably another two books after that. So uh, I've had, and I grew up, um, I, I lost, uh, my, our family was dismantled by my mother's entry into the Unification, Unification Church led by Sun, Sun Myung Moon in 1967. So we were kind of torn apart by a kind of a cult that, that had grown uh, during that time in the 60s. But God points out very clearly in my book that that was an intentional move for me to lose a mother because for me to fulfill my mission. Um, but for me to come out of the closet about this to my family took probably as equal amount of courage as it's taken to go public because my father had to endure raising, you know, seeing his babies overcome a loss of a mother um, due to submerging into a religion and uh, um but he's understood God through me in a, a much more profound and beautiful way. In fact, I dedicate this book to him, um, this first book to him. Uh, yes, it has has taken a great deal of courage, but God is leading me at every point that I'm willing to put my foot forward. No. Well, I think about our co-founder in Unity, Myrtle Fillmore, mm-hmm. in a time where women weren't really respected as, you know, the highest of human beings, um, let alone recognized in their genius, and um, that most were told to be quiet and not be seen, and how she had the courage, you know, to step out and and declare and and state, you know, that I am God's beloved with whom I'm well pleased, and therefore I cannot inherit disease i would imagine in the late 1800s a few people deemed her as being kind of cuckoo as well you know we we still have uh, the modern day medical practice that still would say wow i mean how could that even be possible you know that you're making that sound like a one-all do-all you know um how can you say that you know someone can use affirmations and prayer work and meditation and I'm sure other changes in her life and and then be healed. And uh, it's like, well, you know, everything comes across as a one-all, do-all, you know. But as we know, truth is there is no one-size-fits-all. But, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that about you because it does take a lot of courage to be extremely unique. I mean, when you think about... Uh, Edison ever identifying to someone what he was working on as inventions, I bet people thought, yeah, right, mm-hmm, sure, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you say, right. uh-huh, yeah, you've been hitting the uh, happy juice, you know, so it's got to mm-hmm. take a lot of courage to, to be, and I like the um, kind of the, um, what would I call it, not the branding, but the fact that you've chosen uh, the peacock, you know, is part of your presence uh, because that 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 male peacock of uh, here I am, you know, in all my glory, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling like this is mine to do as I I share and impart to others the beautification of my feathers and how God has gifted me, and yet, wow, it sure does draw a lot of attention to myself. So. Um, it's not surprising that you picked the the peacock symbol um, in your essence and in your, uh, you know, your shaman stuff, your being of the earth walk, for sure. I didn't see it quite that way, uh, but I didn't, I wasn't really conscious of that choice. I didn't make the choice uh, as a conscious symbolism. It was an unconscious sense of knowing and showing and you identify the elements of that allegory very well. I what what the peacock represents to me is not only the glory in which God has made me 
but the glory and wealth that God has put in all of nature. And in my uh, next book, God talks about why the peacock was made. And in the first year of my solitude, one day God and I were just having a moment together uh, in my head, in my thoughts, and God said, uh, I asked God, how did you make the peacock feather? And God says, turn your head and look into the light bulb. And I looked into the light bulb, and then God says, now close your eyes. And as I closed my eyes, I watched the colors of that you know, glaring, burned-in light bulb change. And they changed in the same way that the colors of the peacock feather changed so that I could see greens and blues and blacks and iridescence and I just was blown away by that what God gave me in that moment so the peacock does represent a lot of things for me personally and and certainly in my path with God well, the the medicine of a peacock as far as a uh, sacred totem is whenever the peacock visits, it's an invitation to view higher aspects of yourself through the oh, eye, through the, I know, through the eye image displayed on its magnificent display of feather plumes. The eye is your gateway to higher knowledge. Ask yourself if you need to widen your perspective and look deeper regarding a situation. And the indecent hues of blues and greens and the feathers have the have an exotic look. And so it's it's all about inner seeing and inner being. Um, and when we look at even in scripture in, in Matthew, it, it tells us very clearly that the eye is the lamp um, for our body, you know, and and there's a lot of a uh, lot of wisdom in there, um, Sandra, <laughs> a lot oh of wisdom. My Beautiful. That's why it takes so many of us to to be in the interpreters of that wisdom. You know, I also discovered the other day that I I put the feather of the peacock in between my name and God's scribe because I just thought it looked cool there. But then I realized one day that it was the quill that I'm as I use as a God scribe to scribe the quill of a pen is that, you know, the quill of a feather, and um, I thought that was pretty cool, too. You know when something's right, when you can find three, four, five, six meanings in the same, you know, the same the same reference. Absolutely. Well, in us talking about inner wisdom, um, one of the things I definitely would like to share with our listeners is that and especially um, so many people that that delve into the practices of spiritual life and everyday uh, application is that Sandra has on our website that you can download. It's free. Five principles to quiet the mind and listen to your higher self. And so you go on her website, Sandra, S-O-N-D-R-A, Sneed.com. And you can access under downloads and you can find this so that you can um, tap into some of the greater inner, wi- inner wisdom that, that lies within. And Sandra, that's why I have loved so much of the path of shamanism is because it is all about nature. It is all tribal and it's realizing how everything is working together for our highest and best good that you know, we are all interwoven, this great fabric that, that we call life. So um, with the moment to share um, another sentence or two, um, what would um, God share with our listeners today? I think, uh, well, actually, I'll just listen. And I hear God, God saying that the the people that are listening to this now are listening to it because they were meant to listen to it, that there is no reason to consider this an accident or that you stumbled onto this broadcast, but that you were led to it and that in the listening of this, you are going to be led to your path. Uh, 
the way that this path works is by beginning to ask yourself a question, what am I and who am I and why am I here? And when you start to ask those questions, then you get personally led to the answer, answers and you learn then to surrender to those answers so that you can become your own peacock. And let your light shine. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Sandra, for being on our show today. I'm Temple Hayes. If you have further interest in various artists and guests and and tremendous authors and, most importantly, role models in the world today, as we are seeking many to be on high alert and living by example, uh, please contact me, temple at templehays.org. want to thank you, everyone, for being here on our show today. And, Sandra, God bless you. And, um, you know, continue to uh, to show those feathers, girl. Bless you on this journey. <laughs> All right. I'll talk thank to you, you later. Thank you so much, Temple. All right. You're welcome, Bye-bye. my dear. Bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www dot templehaze.org Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel, and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, it's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. 
Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.